Welcome to the Youthscape podcast. Uh, this is the first in a series of summer specials. Uh, we are um, going to be resharing some of our best podcasts over the next few weeks uh, because everybody needs a break. It's a good practice to take a break. And so we are modeling that to you, friends. Um, you don't have to take a break from listening, though. You can listen to some of the best podcasts that you might have missed. And this is certainly no exception. So this is a great podcast uh, interview that we did with Naomi Allen. Uh, at the time, she was working at XLP, a brilliant youth ministry organisation based in London. Uh, and this is memorable to me because I think we got quite emotional recording that uh, podcast. Some of the things that she said actually really um, hit both Rachel and I between the eyes. So um, sit back and enjoy this. Some of the uh, cultural references will already be out of date, uh, but that can just be uh, a fun thing to look out for. Uh, hopefully you will enjoy listening again to uh, the Youthscape Podcast with Naomi Allen. The Youthscape Podcast. Anyway, all this time that you and I have been yakking on about films, we had the most wonderful person sat between us who has come to be interviewed. Oh yeah. Oh, Brilliant. That's who that is. That's who that is. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> this is Naomi from XLP. Naomi, can you just tell us your... You are more than your job description, but just so that we can land this, tell us, what do you do at XLP? Okay, well, hello. Um, I am the Ministries Director at XLP, which means that I kind of look at the external comms of who we are, and then look at it internal culture of like, how do we live out who we say we are? Oh my goodness, that's like amazing stuff. Do we have that at Youthscape? I don't think we have I that. I don't even have that. No. Do you want to come and do that at Youthscape? Uh, Patrick, I hope Patrick's not listening. You're not really allowed to do that. <laughs> no, oh exactly. no, poaching. Naomi is amazing. I'd love you to come work with us. But anyway, so we now, I think probably everybody listening to this will have heard of XLP. Such a well-loved, such a well-respected organisation. And how long have you been working with XLP? Um, well, so full-time I've worked with XLP for just over six years, um, so for five of those years I was actually one of the frontline youth workers leading all of our youth work in the borough of Lewisham, but uh, my, I guess my link to XLP started 11 years ago when I actually did the gap year when I was 18, wow. um, just before uh, going off to university, I, I moved from sunny Tunbridge Wells, which wow. is very much not like uh, South East London, <laughs> yeah, and um, went and uh, lived and worked there for a year, kind of exposing myself to what urban youth work looks like. Fantastic. And uh, I just want to know if she's seen any films. <laughs> have you, have you, do you go to yeah. the cinema? Um, I do, but I haven't been in a long time. I'll tell you what though, this year, my the favourite film that I've seen has been Lion. Oh, yeah, Actually, I've seen Lion. I've seen Lion. Yeah. It's great. I do it? love that. I, and like, I mean, for ages afterwards, yes. my friends would be like, "Good do, good do." Oh. It's like absolutely. We should maybe explain in case people haven't seen it because it opens with this little boy becoming. Uh, he, he gets separated from his his mum, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, and his brother in India. Yeah, in southern India. Yeah, and it's just desperate. And it's the most powerful bit of footage I've ever seen of what it actually might be like for a child who's a street child in, in a really impoverished community. Mm. I mean, it is so powerful, isn't it? Yeah, I wept pretty much most yeah, of the way through. all the way through. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a weepy. It's brilliant. Oh, I cried in line. See, that's a, that's yeah. a proper film. And you've seen it, and Rachel. I've seen it as well. You so did. the three of us have come together and might Do you know what I'm really worried about now? What's just that? Just thinking back, I think the last time I tried to talk to you about a film <laughs> on the Youthscape podcast 
We Talked About Lion. Oh, I think no. that was the film you've seen. Oh, we've got in a time war. <laughs> Literally, our lives oh are that God. small. I know. It's well, that's, anyway. that's probably also my fault. I didn't <laughs> yeah, yeah, that much. <laughs> you brought the line. Not banging but, you at all. So, Naomi. So, yes. um, so, so what does your day-to-day work look like at, at XLP then? Like, what do you do on a, you know, you go on a Monday morning, what do you actually do? Oh, well, Monday morning is a great day to go in because um, ultimately we have, we have our staff meeting on a Monday morning. So all of our frontline youth work staff and our back office staff all meet together. And uh, first of all, we're in groups and we pray together. We have a staff meeting and the rest of the day generally is taken up with uh, actually having the meetings because we don't see each other the rest of the right, week because okay. we're all out delivering youth work. So what's the scope of that youth work then? So, you know, how many actual frontline youth workers are we talking about? Yeah, so XLP now is um, close to 40, um, 40 members of staff. Wow. We work across nine boroughs in London, um, going from, if you think of a, think of uh, central London and think Camden in a semicircle all the way around to Lambeth, um, we're working in those nine boroughs, wow. which are particularly uh, high in... Uh, child poverty and high rates of antisocial behaviour in young people. Mm. And it started like quite in in quite recent memory, didn't it? XLP? It's not it's not a very old charity. It's and it twenty one quite years small. old. 20, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, it started with one guy, Patrick Regan, OBE, <laughs> and um, he he basically started XLP following um, the stabbing of a young boy in a, a playground that was very close to his school, uh, close to his home. Um, but basically, he got 17 people to give him £25 a month and started XLP. And from that, in the last 21 years, it's grown to now 40 full-time members of staff, at plus gap year students, degree students, apprentices. And, that, and that's what XLP is very well known for, isn't it? Both in the church, but also particularly in central government and local authority in London, about reaching some of the hardest to reach young people who are engaged in what we would call antisocial behaviour, criminal behaviour, exploitative behaviour. And, and XLP for a long time has really been flagging up the needs of these young people and also providing us with resources to get them engaged. And one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Naomi, particularly was when we think about knife crime, gang culture, I think many of us will think about boys and we need to be talking about boys. But I want to talk to you about girls. So girls involved in violent friendship groups, can we call them gangs? People don't always identify that word, Mm -hmm. do they? And and, and XLB did a report for the CSJ, the Centre for Social Justice, about girls... In gangs, tell us a little bit about that. I'd love to hear what you're seeing about how girls engage with these sorts of groups. Well, I think, I guess, first of all, generally, like the, the biggest problem is that there is no one definition of what a gang is. So when some people talk about gang, they could just talk about a group of kids who are hanging out on a street corner. In Southbridge Wells. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and exactly. they're not necessarily actually yeah. involving themselves in criminal activity. Um, however, in London, where we're based, um, we're seeing groups of young people who are actively involved in quite serious criminal activity and and drug running. And so um, those kind of groups of young people are mainly young men. But the way that girls can uh, get involved is mainly due to, I guess, wanting to have a level of status, a level of belonging. Um, And there is a lot of, uh, I guess, perceived love that can come from being part of a gang. I mean, the report that we we wrote was actually... um, focus on this idea that we just don't even have a scale of the problem when it comes to girls being involved with gangs. There's an incredibly high amount of sexual exploitation happening. Um, Some of the case studies that we were able to collect uh, for the CSJ just showed that girls being exposed to rape and multiple um, people yeah basically using using them sexually uh, and having absolutely no control over that. 
and then also being used to recruit younger girls who can then be used by the gang um, also being able to hide guns and knives and drugs and money I think it's really interesting uh, the report found that when police stop and search only 5% of the time do they stop and search girls 95% yeah. is guys um, but a lot of the time guys are using their girlfriends or using their links mm. um, links another word for actually girls who they can just call to have sex with um, and they're using them to store things for them so that they won't get caught mm. so these are girls who are very vulnerable even before they get involved in some of these gang groups because of what's gone in their past? Do they have other stuff that's gone on for them? I think I'd probably best describe it as... Um, it's really... I, I spoke to a guy about this, uh, one of our young people, who was saying that, Naomi, you don't understand about gangs. Uh, it's not a choice to join a gang. Actually, if you grow up in an area where the people that you've seen every day going to school, they get involved in criminal activity. Just because you know them, you are associated with that gang. Yeah. So at that point, you have a choice. Do I actually just sign up and get involved? Or do I blank them, in which case I become a target? Yeah. And um, I think very similarly for girls who are growing up on, particularly council estates, where there are high levels of, of crime, um, it's not as easy or as simple oh, as just saying, yeah. oh, I don't want to be involved. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the time, people start off as their friends and if you're involved in a gang and you've got access to a large amount of money then you're also seen as powerful and if you're a girl and you're thinking you know what this guy is buying me presents and if I get into trouble with anyone he'll go and sort it out actually that can be seen as oh I've got protection and oh I've got someone who's buying me stuff they must love me yeah. um, if you don't get that from anywhere else um, in your circle if you're living in a family where actually your parents are either working all the time um, or for whatever reason aren't providing that for you I think it's very attractive yeah. initially so I, and I'm just choking up actually hearing you yeah. talk about this because we, we do something very tiny, nothing like what XLP does. It. We're beginning to work here in Luton with, with the boys and the girls, the, the boys that refer to us by the Guns and Gangs Unit and the girls who, who are referred to us through social services and others and don't realise quite yeah. how deep they're in this stuff because as you say, there was no active choice at any point to get involved with stuff. So lots of people listening to this are just like, we love young people. Yeah. Like the thought yeah. that there are young people who, yeah. because of where they live, because of maybe the family that they're part of, this, this is an inevitability for them. It's just heartbreaking. Mm. So what, 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 can we, what can we do? Because many of us, as you say, might not live even in places where mm. we're close to young people who are experiencing this. Or maybe we are and we just haven't noticed it. So yeah. firstly, how do we identify, do you think, that somebody is being exploited criminally or sexually? Yeah. Um, I think ultimately um, one of XLP's core core values is all about relationship and this the idea that you're never going to know anything about a young person unless you have a relationship with them yeah. so you don't know what's normal for someone until you get to know them and then you can actually be able to tell a little bit what is out of the norm and when particularly um, we kind of are noticing that the transition between year six and year seven is a really vulnerable time and it's a time where for a lot of our young people that's kind of the down the downward spiral begins right then but if you've been working with them through that transition you kind of know what's your normal and hold on a second you're now getting kicked out of your class every week that's not normal or oh hold on a second like your your mum's called me because you're always out all the time and you haven't been coming home at night that's not normal for you and you can have that relationship that that conversation with young people I think I, I guess 
every young person um, is unique in themselves, but this idea of um, all young people want love and affection, they want mm. to be included, mm. they want to belong somewhere. Mm. And uh, for this isn't just for, for kids who live in um, like urban contexts, but every kid, wherever you are, they yeah. want to know that there is a place where they can be known and belong. And um, I guess for churches, for youth workers, this idea of trying to see kids who clearly aren't belonging, like whether they don't have any friends, whether they're always out on the on the streets, not hanging out with anyone, whether they, you know that they're just bored and they're like, I, 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 when near where I live, there's um, a group of kids who are always out kicking a football um, in the middle of the road. And I'm always like, oh my days, one, one day someone is gonna get hit by a car because it's used as a bit of a rat run. Um, but just th those kids who you think, oh, hold on a second, like, I'm not sure if they actually have anything else to do, anyone else to hang out with. I think those are the kind of kids where you kind of want to have a little flag because it's very easy for people to drift and to not necessarily realise where they're going to end up. But as I said, like, building relationship is first and foremost what you have to do with young people. Absolutely. That is beautiful. I mean, I'm like you, Rachel. I'm, I'm sitting here just, like, I feel like I've been hit by a truck listening to this. And it, it's just so, uh, it feels a bit hopeless to me. And I, we'll, get, we'll go somewhere from there. But... Um, but it does because you're describing just just generations of, mm. of young people just growing up in this uh, in this context, trapped. Mm. completely trapped, mm. total victims. Um, I guess you know the girls, almost all of them are victims of this. Some of the guys are victims as well because they get kind of brought into it, and again, there's no way out. Mm. This thing you said just was so profound that someone said to you then uh, that you either choose to be in the gang or you're or you're either with you're us target. or you're against us. You're mm. a target, like. Like how, like at that point, the church has to say, surely, like everybody listening to this is like, no way, like there's got to be a third option there. There's got to be a, another group that you can join. There's got to be another place for you. There's got to be somebody else who's going to stand in that gap. Um, and so I just, I just wonder, like, like we, we obviously it's great that we do um, outreach work and we mm -hmm. work, but but there's got to be a bigger picture to this, hasn't there? There's got to be a bigger voice to the whole church. There's got to be. There's got to be a voice to politics. There's got to be a voice to government. Like, like you just listen to this. If people only heard this, surely, surely they'd do something about it, right? Oh, so you'd hope so. You would yeah. hope so. So what? So you guys, XLP, like you are involved in that stuff. So you are involved in talking to the church. You are involved in in government as well. And um, you know, it, have you seen progress there? Have you seen things start to change? Have you seen people start to take notice? Well, one of the, the things that really came out of our report was this idea that unless a girl commits a criminal offence or for some reason is admitted to emergency care, that they're invisible. You just don't know, unless they like, I don't know, start truanting from school, but schools can't really keep track a lot of the time. Um, the police can't intervene unless there's a criminal activity taking place. And obviously um, NHS and medical services don't get involved until someone gets hurt. And what was really interesting is that the, we sat in a meeting and the head of the police said to, said to the third sector, you are the only people who are going to see these young people in their context. If you're going to go to them, then you're the ones who will be able to pick up before everything escalates. And so I think there's an element of the people who are willing to go, um, the people who are willing to get outside of their comfort zones mm. and go into places which are guess different to where you would normally grow up. Yeah. As I said, I grew yeah. up in Tunbridge Wells in a very nice area yeah. and didn't wasn't at all exposed to what it was like to grow up on a council estate. However, it's been so exciting for me just to 
get to know people because people are people mm. um, and the fact is is that I think so much of the time we can be scared of an outward exterior of someone um, I can remember I'm for those of you who are listening I'm like five foot two um, I have blonde hair I'm, I'm very basically I'm, I'm tiny in comparison to most of the young people that I work with and um, one of the first times that I walked onto a, a, an estate when I just started working I was surrounded by about six foot six guys like they're 16 year olds with like full-on beards and I was like oh days <laughs> what's good but I, I was just thinking like if, if anything kicks off here I literally can do nothing yeah but in those in those situations realizing that the power of relationship is mm. is bigger than that actually and the fact that young people can grow to respect you so much that they do actually listen to what you say and they're not gonna create any trouble because they actually really love you and mm. I think for the church, there's this element of being willing to actually go and not doing it, doing it in a tokenistic way of saying, okay, we're going to do a mission week. Okay, well, that's great for that one week. But in terms of sustainable relationships, young people need those. And um, I think sometimes those kind of weeks can do more harm than good just in terms of, well, hold on a second. You were here for a week and you said that you love me and you, yeah. all of these things, but actually you just disappeared again. Yeah. Um, and young so people just powerful. need the consistency. They need to hear that. One of them, we've got some wonderful volunteers here in Luton. It's local men that, that just have a passion for interrupting in teenage boys' lives this kind of inevitability of acting up in criminal behaviour and all that kind of stuff. And one of these lads, one of these um, male mentors went into school to meet one of the boys that's going to join our Interrupt Project. And the lad sat in front of him and he just began to beat his chest, this 14-year-old boy saying, I need an elder, I need a leader. And the, I'm going to get choked saying this, but the male mentor, an older guy who he wouldn't necessarily say he was an expert in any of this, began to beat his own chest saying, I'll be your leader, I'll be your elder. And it's this really powerful moment of saying, actually, if you're, if you're willing to think that your life could be different, I'm, I'll walk that, I have no idea where that'll take us, but I'm willing to walk that with you. If you need to learn to start being a bit more invisible in the gang. So, yeah, and it was just incredible. I think you're right, the, the power of that relationship is, we need to remember that, don't we? The... Um the best book I've read in the last five years is a book called Just Mercy by a chap called Brian Stevenson. And Brian Stevenson is a, uh, a lawyer in, uh, in Alabama who set up a, a centre which is designed to get people uh, who have been wrongly convicted of uh, death row offences off of death row. And he's given his whole life, uh, you know, well-educated man. Uh, it could have been a hotshot lawyer earning millions. And he's given his life to uh, rescuing Amazing, guys from, yeah. from death row. And he saved many, many lives. Um, through doing that and I, I was very privileged to hear him speak in London uh, off the back of this book and the thing that's really stuck with me that he said he said if you want to change the world if you want to see uh, injustice challenge you want to see mm. things change you have to get approximate to huh. the uh, yeah. to the need you have to mm. get close um, proximity is is everything not just for a week mm. but like maybe years and years and years and I you know I think we say that but we throw that around in Christian circles, this idea that you've got, and you, as you say, we go and do a week with people in need, or we go and do a project with people in need. But, mm. but if we're really serious of, about actually seeing this kind of situation that you just described, if we actually want to see that change, it means years of investment from the same person or the same group of people, week after week after week. And that's what XLP do. That is what you guys do. You, yes. you, yeah. You're in those, all those areas, yes. and you are with those young people, and you're walking through with from 11 to 18 and beyond with some of those guys and maybe either side of that. Yeah. And, and that's amazing. And also should be a real 
uh, encouragement, but also a challenge to everyone else. A who's beacon listening. to the yeah. church, absolutely. One of our, I guess, straplines is this idea that hope is the refusal to accept a situation as it is, mm. and this idea that actually, like for a lot of young people, they cannot see a situation that is different to where where they currently are in. So they can't see what life is like if they were to move themselves out of this group of friends or out of this this gang, out of the the criminal activity they're involved in. They can't see it, um, but the, this idea that by building relationships, you can nurture the belief that change is possible. Mm. And um, one of our, our really, uh, I guess, our holding points is uh, Revelation 21, where it talks about a new heaven and a new earth, and this idea about being able to see what is not yet, and living in the now, but like believing mm. for the not yet. And um, we, we try and uh, do this task once a year or so where we just sit down and think about the communities we're working in and think, what would it be like if Jesus' kingdom came in this area? And um, really try and pray those dreams into, into being. And I think all you can do in these kind of situations is really trust that Jesus is present. <laughs> um, because there are times when it's really hopeless and you don't know how to work with a young person. And like you're trying all that you can and they, they're still kind of a bit apathetic about it even though you know that they're not happy and mm. all of those things. But trusting that, I think that there is a day when Jesus redeems everything and knowing that you get to be part of that process, that is definitely what keeps me going. Wow, um, wow Naomi, wow. thank you. Thank you so much for being with us today. And if people want to find out more about XLP or just come to some of the training you do, you run sort of mentoring training programs, particularly for the year six, seven transition, don't you? Just let us know that the website, how can people find out more about you? Yeah, um, our website is xlp.org.uk and uh, you can find details of all of our training and resources online. There. And then people can find you on Twitter. They can. As Smiley Nay, is that yes, right? Yes, at Smiley Nay. Ah. And, that, and, and that is because you are the ridiculously <laughs> most smiliest person I've ever seen Even as you're telling us stuff that is heartbreaking, because yeah. you've got hope. No, I mean, she's not smiling. Beautiful. She's not smiling no, during that it's heart. It's not sinister smiling. smiling. It's it's just, just, not but when I, was, when I was talking, she's just got one of those yeah. faces yeah. that is just like, she's I'm going to... She's got a face. She's got a face. And she's got one of those faces that sort of has an encouraging smile when she's listening. smiling now. I'm really proud of that. This is how we finish this. Well, Uh, this podcast was first published in October 2017. It's one of our absolute favourites. And we'll be back with a brand new series of Youthscape podcasts in September. 